It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 788. Ryan Shelton, welcome back to the show, buddy. Woo! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, I'm a bit disappointed. Where's your skivvy? Yeah, the skivvy, um, the skivvy's off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're not watching the visuals ryan's got no top on right now but your um your chest looks great yeah yeah i've always said skivvy or nothing and today it's nothing <laughs> um so we just watched uh, your latest ryan.com yeah. I, I love when i go Ooh, to yeah. the pronunciation i go to Thank the you. website i literally go r and then i say then I get the Y key and I say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, a n dot com. That's it. But I have to, I have to say that line, otherwise I won't get there. I think that was the point, wasn't it? Is that what you no, were hoping no, for? No, it's, a, it's great. But it's just, <laughs> it's got cut through. It, it's like a fun little game mm-hmm. for a dummy like me. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, love yeah. it. Loophole. Yeah, loophole. Yeah, loophole is. Yeah, so it came out yesterday, and um, and it's it's probably. I mean, for those who don't know what what I'm talking about, so I, at the start of the year, I set up a website, which is uh, like you said, just Tommy, like Ryan with eleven wise dot com, and I sort of set this goal for myself to uh, release something on the eleventh of every month, and just for the purpose of giving myself a goal or some sort of self discipline, so I could actually make things because. I'm just happiest when I'm making things and I often just find stupid excuses like coronavirus or some fucking lame thing like that. <laughs> and, and so anyway, but so this year it's just been the best thing because it's meant that it's forced me to make a bunch of stuff. And this latest thing loophole is, is probably the biggest thing I've, I've, I've done on the website. So, and so this was actually 2018 you did the filming, was it? Yeah, end of 2018. So when when you watch it and you see us like hugging and you know talking at 1.4 meters apart, um, just know that it was uh, well before uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's been because it's longer. It's like 35 minutes long, um, and we shot it on like proper cameras and uh, sort of did the proper process. Even though there was only five of us yeah. and we didn't have any money or anything, no funding or anything. So it just meant that over sort of over the year like a year last year uh, myself and ben timoney who is the director he and i just kind of edited wherever we could just in between our normal jobs and uh and then yeah then just decided that i'd put it out on july 11th and uh it sort of sped up the process is it um was it uh, excruciating holding on to something that is great for so long <laughs> i mean do you start telling yourself yeah. a story about what it'll actually end up being like it's a, it's, well, it's interesting, actually, well, interesting to me, may not be interesting, but uh, for, for a long time, because I uh, filmed it so long ago, and I only had the idea for Ryan.com at the, at sort of the end of last year, for a Ryan. long time, I wasn't yeah. really sure. Pronunciation, so just pronunciation. Oh, sorry. Is a bit of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my, my pronunciation's a little bit off, uh, but yeah, uh, in that year before, like between filming and having the idea for the website, I, I wasn't sure how I would actually put it out and i had like a bunch of like weird ideas uh like i wanted to like one idea which i was really excited about was um putting it on like a private vimeo link and sending it to like 10 people who i think would appreciate it and then asking them if they like it to email it to then 10 people essentially like a chain letter or whatever those things Mm -hmm. used to be on email 
and because because I kind of miss that I miss that um, that personalized curation that we used to have on email before we had social media where you could kind of blast a thousand people with a thing where you would get an email from a friend and they'd say like, hey I thought of you specifically when I saw this and I want you to see it so I was going to do that, but I haven't mm. done that. I've done the blast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, do you, yeah. there was, um, so there was like a, it, you wanted to get on the email chain and it was a football, um, sort of football commentary that would go out weekly. Do you remember this? I could imagine you would have no. been on something like that no, years ago, but it was that viral email chain that mm -hmm. like just got momentum, but it's the most clunky way of building a tribe. But if it works, you know, it's legit viral because mm. people have had to work so hard to opt in yeah but I, I feel like that isn't what you've gone for i mean the how do you go about like i what i love about loophole uh is that it's almost behind the scenes but also filming uh, it's it's all written but it seems like it goes from behind the scenes to action where we're doing a skit here how much yeah. ad lib goes into the bits where it looks like it's behind the scenes versus how much is it verbatim it's written and it's exactly what you've written so uh so there's so when people watch it there's like three scripted sort of sketches or little mini films i guess you call a few of them and those are all fully scripted but all the the bits where we're kind of playing ourselves in the interlude bits of us just hanging around the house that was all um improvised but with you know to a uh, with an intention. So this mm -hmm. kind of like how I've heard they do Curb Your Enthusiasm where, you know, Larry knows what the scene's about. So the scene is, so for us, it was like, cause it's me and Dave Lawson and Rick Davies. And so the scene might be Rick, um, has a question about the script. Um, but before that, we're going to play this game where we try and sing our best. So that's pretty much all the planning that we did. And because I just, I just thought it, I've never done that before. And I really, I'd always wanted to try it. And this felt like the right time to try it. And those bits were just the most fun. Like that, that, that felt so liberating and kind of freeing in a weird way where you didn't have a script, but you knew where you were going. So you're just sort of in this world where anything could happen, but you didn't feel too overwhelmed because you know, you knew where the end point was. When you think about how long it took and then you see what has happened with rye and the website would you uh, approach it differently now or do you feel like you've got even more confidence to be shipping more things well i mean this this like loophole was pretty much the first thing I, when my when the shift happened in in me like i had this shift in me which i think i've spoken to you guys about before <laughs> um where i sort of thought oh, i just want to start making stuff without waiting for someone to give me permission or someone to give me money to do it which is sort of the traditional way of doing things. I mean, it's like, you know, what you guys do. It's just like, I'm just going to, you just decide to do it. And loophole was kind of the first thing I did with that in mind. And so that was, and it was all about process over product. So mm -hmm. the, all what, for the whole, the whole experience of it, it, I always tried to prioritize the process of, of making it, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to what it will look like at the end. So when we were filming it, uh, there was even a time where Ben and I talked about never releasing it because there's, I sort of thought about it and cause I, cause we want to do it again. And after we finished it, we all had the best week and we just had so much fun because you know, we were, there's no one telling you that you had to rap. You, so one night we filmed till 5am 
because we were just drinking and filming and and it was just we didn't have to stop so we didn't <laughs> and and so after that week of filming it was just so much fun and i thought oh, i want to do it again and then i sort of start, i started thinking well what would be the best environment like is it better to film the next one before this one comes out so you're not affected by a response so mm -hmm. we can just go back into it and truly enjoy the experience without um being affected by a negative response or you know what or even a positive response so i got to this point where i thought maybe if i just never release it then that's the purest form like that's the purest <laughs> form of process is never releasing the product i heard this this story once about um and it's probably not true but it's a really good story um i think i think it was uh oh, some director uh like from the 70s like nick cassavetes or one of those sorts of directors and he was filming some some massive film and he was at a point where he was like full auteur um and he could do anything he wanted and though it was at the end of a shoot day and you know, you know remembering that they, they used to film on film so it was at the end of a shoot day they were filming out in the desert somewhere and one and some there'd been the stuff up and someone had said oh look there's some it's bad news tomorrow we they weren't able to get the film stock so we haven't got film stock for tomorrow we're gonna you know we, we're gonna have to cancel the day and apparently he said no we film the day without the film because that's what this is about <laughs> there's a there's a digital minimalist ryan that deletes all his files mm, because he doesn't yeah. want to keep them doesn't wants yeah, to be yeah, minimal. Keeps none of the the raw stuff which seems like sort of outrageous <laughs> but it for at that point it becomes it's for you like if you weren't to release yeah. it and you'd be happy with that then i guess that is the win but it seems like, you know, Seth Godin's about shipping something. It's the last piece to the mm. puzzle. It's the thing that sort of brings it into its full form is when you put it out into the world for people to see, mm -hmm. which I love. Um, yeah. your, your, I think it was your third or fourth, Ryan, was um, Sorry. Mm. And it was, yep. a, uh, it was a one-take video about how you didn't have a video for that week. And I saw people, I saw you posted on social media and I saw someone write on it saying, oh, you know, it's all right, mate. No, we don't always get to finish things and that's mm. all good. And I, and I, to me, I was like, right, he's crumbled. He hasn't released one. Mm. And I watched it. And for me, what I took, and I don't even know, I wanted to ask you if this is where you were drawing inspiration for the sorry video was there's a culture online of people making videos about how they're sorry they haven't done the creative promise. Mm. Was that, were you uh, trying to make fun of that? Cause I was like, that's fucking genius. <laughs> that is so, that is so genius. Uh, well then yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Um, no, 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 no. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen that, but I, but there is definitely like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty common Thing where you know like if someone has a column they'll at some point they'll usually write that uh, this week i haven't got an idea for a column there's always a yeah i feel like everyone always does that in some way maybe that's what you're talking about yeah but it's the youtuber ryan like, that's that's always saying hey sorry mm -hmm. here's why i haven't been posting on youtube it's like there's a niche of yeah. those style videos there should just be one channel where yeah, everyone explaining where they've been is <laughs> yeah. a big one you know oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah no i mean i uh, there's definitely a lot of people who 
think that it it just was an apology video for not doing anything and i kind of like that i was sort of tempted at the time to tell people that just make sure you keep watching um <laughs> but then i thought then i kind of liked the fact that there's going to be a lot of people who'll never see the whole thing yeah because they just assume that it is what it is i even went on uh i was on fitzy and whipper um around that time i think it was for the, i did an, a show on abc and they had me on for that but then whipper who's you know a good good friend of mine whip us you know at the end he was like now ryan you know we have to talk about uh the new ryan.com you've you've let yourself down you know you've you've you haven't done a video and i was like yeah whip have you have you watched it he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah i've watched it and i wasn't happy you know he, he and i said but whip have you watched the whole thing and he's like yep 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 and it became very clear that he hadn't watched it, <laughs> which is like classic FM radio um, interview yeah. technique. Um, but uh, but that's the same with a lot of people. I, I kind of love that. I, mm. I love and because there's no other place that I could ever do that. Like I could never get away with um, if I was taking like Screen Australia money or I was on the ABC. Is this you can never do that stuff? Yeah. Like this is the only that's the only place you can try stuff and be experimental. It's become more of a of like a my own like little lab like just trying trying different things it's like a, i just it's started a, playing with it's a bit like the artist that created the five dollar note where there's a whale eating a penis if you put it on its side and <laughs> fold it up oh, yeah. like that's an easter yeah. egg i don't i mean if someone didn't do that on purpose that is a coincidence <laughs> yeah no i think that'd be on purpose for sure <laughs> the the script and um and improv and enjoying the process of just having a prompter and then going for it does it make you reconsider the way that you write scripts um well it definitely uh, so not really actually the scripted stuff is it is what it is but it, i definitely want to do more of that of that mm -hmm. um non-scripted stuff because that was that was way more fun performing that than it was performing the scripted stuff because the scripted stuff is there there's a restriction there and i guess for for a proper actor which you know i am not but for a proper actor i guess the craft they would probably enjoy the craft of of studying the script and and getting that right and working on that but for me i much preferred the the world of just performing and you can only do it with people that you really mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. know well or trust and between myself and dave and rick there was there were didn't feel like there were never any egos there there was never anyone trying to outdo anyone it was a really great kind of level playing field uh, with coronavirus and, you know, I guess people are stuck in their house uh, for a good reason, but uh, a lot of people would be uh, reflective of on ge geography playing a part to being able to be the cr most creative. You know, it's like, ah, oh, if I'm not in New York, I can't be doing vlogs. Or if I'm not CBD based, I can't be doing this. I mean, you've been on your farm for since, it's, since it all happened back in March. How have you found being away from the city? uh you know you and your partner how are you feeling about creativity and and what what geography means to your creative bone well i i mean it's been creative bone not being your penis <laughs> if, that's, if that's what you were uh, okay right. sorry i have to rethink my answer um, um <laughs> yeah no i yeah i think it's we're, we're extremely i was just extremely lucky to be able to not be in the city um 
and out here there's just the difference for me is this i've got space and i can kind of walk around and and there's not like a lot of people in in the vicinity so it, it's it's good from that point of view and when we would come out here before coronavirus um it this is just what it is it's just not seeing many people so being here doesn't feel that different except for the fact that i'm not going back and forth from melbourne um from the city all the time uh but but from a creative point of view I, it's hard to know really because i feel like this year has been a, a particularly different year for me so i haven't really got a, a like to to compare it to mm. because because of this website I've, I've thought about this a lot actually and i reckon if i didn't set up this website at the start of the year for myself this sort of monthly discipline knowing myself i reckon i would have definitely used the, the pandemic as an excuse not to make anything I would have maybe written a lot of stuff, but I don't think I would have made stuff. So I think that I've been lucky that I did do it because it's meant that I've been forced to be creative mm. and that's just been to make stuff and that's just been great. But I've spoken to people who've kind of gone either way. I'm sure you guys have as well, but mm -hmm. people who've been insanely creative in this time and then, but then people who have just not been able to do anything. I don't, I don't know if that just comes down to kind of neurology or if that comes down to people's individual situations but yeah constraints yeah, it, seems to be a big one as well but i think like having the constraints and having options taken away i feel like that could be a big thing because you don't necessarily have to say no to heaps of things they're being said for you and so then you can mm. have a level of focus but i think it is ryan as mm. you mentioned there are like i have read a few people few creative people that have been in really tough spots mentally mm -hmm. which is just the other side of the coin which i guess there always is mm -hmm. but i i always it's like a personal um understanding we all need to sort of work out which is what are the excuses and 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 what what will make us get off our bum or stick to something and how what promise mm -hmm. are we making that we'll actually stick to it's a it's a complex thing and so if you can work it out for yourself like it sounds like you have um it's well yeah i mean this is working yeah, it's, it's working for me so far. I don't know how long I'll do it for, but certainly every time I've done, I've made something and put it out there, like the last thing I did before loophole was, was something that I it really, it really stressed me out because I was, um, I was in the middle of making this, these segments I was doing on an ABC show and I was doing that every week. And so I was already really busy. And then I had to also do this website thing. So I just, I felt like stressed by it but then once i'd done it i was just so happy that i did it like you know stayed up late forced myself to get it done and i think whenever i whenever i do that i always feel way better about myself than mm. i would have if i didn't push myself to do it so what have the learnings been so you did that um the it was was it a four-part series what was the bbc like the the funding that you oh, got yeah. um can you explain that end of the spectrum where you get cash and do that versus something like loophole and how you approach it and how different it is? Well, it's, it's kind of, it really just comes down to, well, money is one thing, but money, having no money is just a parameter that you deal with. Like it's not mm -hmm. a big deal. Like, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just an obstacle that kind of often creates new 
ideas or better ideas. And so it was but how to life. Was that what it was called? The the um yeah. The, and so what yeah. what was that? To, what was the funding? I'm just trying to remember because it felt like it was a unique thing. It was funding from the UK to create a series. Yeah. What did you have to su- supply? So Channel Four uh, in the UK, they have a uh, an online um sort of thing that they do called blaps they're comedy blaps and essentially they just like uh give uh, like little mini web series to comedians that they you know either want to develop or they think have a good idea so in my in my situation i'd written a full the full show of how to life uh like a proper six-part series pitched it to them and it you know got quite far down the line and then at the sort of last moment they said oh we can't do the show but we can give you money for the kind of the small version the the three 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 five minute episodes which which i was really excited about and so that money came from channel four but the unique part about it which i think maybe you're talking Mm -hmm. about is because it was a because channel four a uh, partly, it's sort of like SBS. They're, they're partly government funded, so part of their charter is they have to support local independent production companies in the UK. And I was, we were producing it like with, with our our production company, and then another production company in Australia. So then they, we had to find a third local UK production company to get on board. So there were three. It was like a three way, mm-hmm. four way if you count Channel Four. So it just means that there's just way more voices in the room. So the more, obviously the more money that you have, the more opinions that are going to, are going to get involved. Um, unless it's from what you know, I, I hear from people who do shows on Netflix, often I've heard that it's, they, they just kind of get money and just make it like, there's no, there's not a lot of interference, but usually the rule is the more money, the more opinions. Mm-hmm. So for, for loophole, um, there's certainly no money. So there were not many opinions. It was just me. And that was the, the, the joy of it for me was to have, um, to have something to fully, to, to be the, to have something to mold myself and not have to run ideas past anyone. And of course I was getting lots of advice and I was running things by people I trusted, but they were suggestions or ideas that I could mm-hmm. take or leave, which is a really nice thing to do. Do you think, um, you start your career thinking that making it will be, you know, getting funded by a TV network or or making something for a big telly network is going to be that version that you're explaining that you end up doing by yourself? Is that what you felt getting into TV? No, no, no. Like when I started TV, and this is sort of like what I talked about when we did that live show, um, whatever episode that was of yours. Can you believe that was this Um, year, Ryan? That was like January. Oh, it feels crazy. like years ago. Wow. Yeah, it, that, that is insane. But, um, but no, you've but, been to the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have told everyone. <laughs> um, I'm so forgetful. Uh, but yeah, when I, when I was a kid, or a kid, when I was 18, you know, I was 17, um, there was not, internet was pretty, pretty early. So there wasn't YouTube or anything. So there still wasn't legitimate opportunities to release loophole, you know, to, you could, you could either go to a TV channel or you could go to channel 31. That was really the only options. So if back then, all I had <clears throat> in my mind was TV show on channel 10, you know, that I'm the star of and I write and whatever. And 
that was to me that was the goal and that was the thing that i had in my mind that if i get that tv show then i will have proved to myself slash my parents that <laughs> i've made it you know and and i think now i'm not sure i mean we'll probably ask um 97 and george but um i think now when when people are coming up now i think i suspect and i don't know for sure but i suspect that the goals and the dreams are slightly different because there's so many more like naturally so many more opportunities and the idea of having a youtube channel that you can get money for is probably just as exciting if not more exciting than getting a show at 8 30 on the abc yeah, there's more clout having that. an OnlyFans account versus being on Channel 10. <laughs> Are you a cross only fan, yeah. fans, Ryan? Do you know about that? Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, was that? Yeah, someone was telling me about that the other night, but I, they weren't so sure it's, whether it's it was like porn becoming or not. an adult. Yeah, so how do you describe it, TJ? Well, I mean. And how do we subscribe to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a subscription porn site, essentially, but the porn, what length it is goes to is is varied to the person so it's influencers or people who are influencers create an only fans account to you know release racier content at a subscription monthly subscription or you know three months is it over people, 18 is it yeah like a- you're meant to be i think you'd have to have a credit card to do it so there is, to, to to back someone type of yeah thing. there's people making three hundred thousand dollars a month and mm-hmm. they're posting nude selfies it's so Crazy. Are, they, are they famous people or who are they? Yeah, so it, it works for people who have big followings, i.e. Ryan Shelton, if he wants to start doing racy content, you could already start marketing to the people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you convert them from Ryan to... Ooh, Ryan. Anyway, it's... Um, it's, it's <laughs> it is a weird thing what aspirations of people in the industry how it shifts yeah and it's shifting on technology uh-huh. as a first you know first thought for people mm. yeah i mean uh, gb you you've been a fa- you we had uh gb interview you for, on the 24-hour stream you've been a massive fan yeah what do you think when you see ryan do these mm. things outside of tv does it change the way that you look at from a career path point of view or where it's all going for you even yeah definitely like the i mean what i noticed with the with loophole you've already talked about it but the joy in the behind the scenes stuff which was included in the sketches and stuff was so clear and it just yeah i loved it it makes you want to do that but the the like what we're doing here is the i'm loving it um the development what you guys and what what's yeah. so, sorry to cut you off george but what, what you guys anyway. are doing <laughs> <laughs> what what you guys are doing there i think is the ultimate like i reckon what you guys are doing is unbelievable i, I i'm so um i just i just admire it so much i i think what you what you're what you've managed to build um and where it's at now i'm not and you can see where it, where it can go and it's all it's so autonomous and you mm. and you it's yours and it's uniquely yours and if you had of and it's growing organically in that great way which doesn't seem contrived or not forced and it's it's just great i just i just love it and i, I just think i reckon a lot of people will probably watch and listen to what you guys are doing and and be inspired by it it's it's incredible thanks right i think like the and it, it seems like a unique time as well where even though there's a lot of 
heartbreak happening and a lot of unfortunate events it is the opportunity where people need entertainment they need creativity have you thought about what the the future looks like as you're seeing all of these success um you know successes of the the, the different ryan's um mm. where does it go do you just keep building momentum do you keep building the site well it it's always the 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 site is just a, uh, an outlet. It's just somewhere to put the things that I make. Um, and that's, I, I don't really intend it to ever be something that grows an audience. I mean, I have thought about at some point just putting it all on a YouTube channel, but immediately that kind of, it kind of gives me a bit of anxiety because it's like, well, then mm. there's going to be comments and then I'm going to have, I'm going to have that sort of feeling of, oh, do I have to then maintain communication with the commenters and, it becomes something else than what it was and there's nothing wrong with that but it becomes something else than what it was designed to be and i'm just really wary of re remembering why i'm mm -hmm. why i'm doing it and the reason i'm doing it is to just give myself a, a reason uh, uh, to make something every month just to be creative just to finish things really uh, it's not to build an audience necessarily um, of course i want people to see it and i want people to see loophole and whatever i make but but not just to build an audience. Like I never, I don't want to catch myself saying, please subscribe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love people who are doing YouTube channels. Like I love that, but I feel like it's a separate thing. I don't really want it, want this to be that. So yeah, it's, um, it, it, I, I think I'll just sort of see how it goes and I'll do this for the year and I hope that I'll keep doing it. But it's, uh, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly feeling good right now for me for what i want it to be it feels really really good and so what's the what's the compass then because i feel like that's what you've gotten very clear on is it's like mm. you know exactly where you want to go with it it's a lot of it is instinct and feeling it out how would you help someone who's a younger person who's earlier on in their journey to be able to have that self-awareness of what they want well, I actually don't know where I want it to go. Like, and I think that's what is that when I realized that it doesn't have to end somewhere, that was the thing that kind of set me free a little bit. And I, and, and that is often what people, um, that is the thing that, that kind of cripples people sometimes is the thought of like, oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, it's that whole thing of like, when I get to a hundred thousand followers, mm -hmm. it's that then you're always going to want more. There's always going to be something else. So to have that, to have that end goal is something that you're building towards. I found that that it, it kind of gets in the way of the reason that I actually wanted to do it. So it, it's like you guys, it's like what you guys are doing. It's just like this ever evolving thing. It's not like season one, season two, season three, <laughs> there's never an opportunity to reconsider whether you'll keep going. And I reckon that is kind of the secret. Mm. Are you um, thinking? Can I ask a question? Yeah, go for it. No, no, George, you've done. You're done. Yeah. Are you thinking each month to make the the next thing better? Like, is there pressure on on you to do no. that? No, you, not really. I mean, how do you tell yourself it doesn't have to be better? Um, because I don't I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think that's what anyone's thinking when they watch it. I don't think they're judging it based on whether it's as good or better than the last one. Cause I'm certainly not, it's just whatever feels right for that month. So, mm -hmm. cause and you, you can also, the idea of better could be judged in so many different ways. 
Like, is it funnier? Is the production quality better? Did it get more comments? Did, you know, whatever, like there's so many different measurements of, of mm. success um, that, you know, like even like right now I've started <laughs> playing with like garage band and like playing music, just trying to, I've never played music in my life, but just that's kind of like borrowed my girlfriend's old MIDI controller and just playing, trying to just make things. And so that might lead to something. And I don't think I would restrict myself from doing it if I didn't think it was going to be as good as loophole, mm. because mm. then it's like, well, you, you can't, if you, I mean, it's all well and good to try and keep bettering yourself, but I, I don't necessarily feel the need to try mm. and better the product. It's more just m trying to maintain the process. That yeah, it's a, right. there's mm. a fine line between being super outcome focused and being comfortable with where you are right now. So in, in meditation, it's like, this moment is all you have and so it's letting go of all those feelings of later on or you know tomorrow and and just accepting this moment and so i'm just trying to bring it back to the creation part of things where i know where i've let go of wanting it to be this thing or going you know to be this big success and just enjoyed it it's worked a lot of the times mm. or when i've shifted my focus away from being so obsessed about getting on radio i go and do another course that has nothing to do with radio and then i got a radio job like and to me that's where i'm just like fuck isn't that annoying yeah. where i've dropped my <laughs> obsession with my focus on it and it's worked have you found a moment so in life like, like that well i mean like i can i ask you a question tommy yeah of course. um um, so do you, are you now thinking that are you like, would you want to get back on radio, like commercial radio or is this like, you know what I mean? Like what's the, what's no, the goal de now? Definitely not. It was, that was a part of the journey I think I needed, but for that time where I really wanted to, I was looking for any opportunity, get messaging everybody, trying to get my foot in the door. And then I went and did a coaching course where it was more around dealing with people and asking questions and and then in that time where i'd removed my focus from trying to get onto radio that's when the thing happened and it was because i put in a bunch of work don't get me wrong but it was it was almost the the um, results of past work but then when my attention wasn't on it i got there and i was like ah but then for, uh, for now it's definitely not about getting onto radio if anything it's more just like building something that we can stick at for a very long time because that's a superpower because mm. most people will jump off the horse mm. did you feel exactly. a little bit like I mean, that ryan the, yeah. with the with the abc show like you're doing all of this ryan stuff that all of a sudden you're taking your attention off you know pitching or trying to get in front of people and then all of a sudden people start knocking at your door yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm positive that the only reason that they wanted me on the show is because they'd been watching the stuff I was doing on the website. Like mm -hmm. they they referenced that directly, so I think it definitely it definitely put me on their radar to want me to do to do stuff on the show. But I I think that's such that I find that such and maybe that's really interesting to me. Like Tommy, what you were saying about. Um, having that thing that's a forever job like that that is that's kind of i guess what i was saying before but that i i think that's you've hit the nail on the head because i'll probably always keep every now and again trying to pitch shows like tv shows like that i'll always have the idea of want to do that i'll always want to do sh if i get 
asked to do shows like on the ABC, like at home alone together or whatever comes up that's always a possibility but i think the what the website allows me to do is to always have something to do that no one can take away hmm. and when you when you're doing whether it's like fm radio or you you're on t- a tv show no matter how successful you are that you're still never fully comfortable like there's always the chance that you'll be sacked or yeah. people will stop watching or listening and then then what do you do like to put your creativity in someone else's hands like that um that was the thing that i that i wanted to try and avoid so now if i did get a tv show up that's great but if it didn't go well or it didn't you know got cancelled or whatever then that's okay as well because i can still do what i like doing i feel like um what you're doing is like giving a gift every every month because i like that it doesn't have the um it doesn't necessarily have connections like when when i opened up the video for loophole i caught myself trying to connect a dot into some sort of series or a thing or like you know i think we're programmed to do it that way and then by the end of it i was like like, how does it do you mean like how is it connected to my other the other no 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 not even it's just like oh this is the start like my instant reaction is it's like oh Ryan's taking another, like, this is a, another direction or these, these are characters that are, are going to go on. And then by the end of it, the way that I felt, it had the feeling of watching a great short film or mm-hmm. something where it's mm-hmm. like, you gifted this thing. It's a bit of like, it's, um, it's more a focus on an artist mm. who is experimenting. And it's like, I've gone into a exhibition and I've seen, I've gone into a room, I've experienced it. But then I'm going to walk into another room and you can give me an entirely different experience. And I feel like that is a very exciting thing as, a, as an audience member. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think the, the comparison to like an artist, that's I, I remember when I visited a friend of mine, um, he's, he's a painter and visited his studio and in he lives in Newcastle. And so I pointed up. Um, and, and so, and when I remember when I went in there, he's got this huge, I thought he lived above you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's just, he's just like hanging onto the ceiling. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I was walked into his studio and he has all these massive canvases just like set up all around him. And you can kind of see the, you could see the footprints covered in paint, like walking from canvas to canvas and just like going like, I'm going to paint a bit here today. And then walking over there and paint a bit here today. And then at some point, all those paintings will be a show. And then he'll mm-hmm. go into a room and then he'll just start working on another show. No one has to give him permission. He can just mm-hmm. paint. Yeah. And that was just, and that, that was so, and it, and it, his inspiration just comes from whatever he's feeling at that moment of his life. And then after like 20 years, he's got a body of work, which is sort of a diary of sorts. And that really interested me. And some of the stuff I do on this will be that on the website will be that. And some of it will just be like completely just um non sequitur things Mm. like just ideas you know which is both both are exciting i think it's so it's such a new human quality to want to understand and be able to categorize or what's right what's wrong and when it in art you cannot say Mm. anything about it well i feel like it's system don't you think that like for me i feel like what you're doing right is the human bit i think it's Mm. like that's the child you know childlike uh, playing with toys and using things in different ways. And then over time we're like, okay, we need all of this structure. Mm. And so it's almost like trying to work out how do we 
go against what we've been told and actually do the, the more human thing maybe. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Uh, I mean, you can, and it's hard to do that probably when the goal is to just either be famous or be rich mm. because that's so often the goal for people. And when that's your goal, it's you tend to base your decisions on what you think people want, not what is actually true. And so how do you do it? Because obviously there's a privileged position of having gotten to a point where you are now where it's like you don't have to make every decision based on a financial outcome. Do you have any thoughts on how someone who is getting started could find a balance between business and art? Well, I think if you really want to I mean, like you get a you get a job. <laughs> that just and, you fucking um, just come. Get a fucking job. <laughs> um, um, get At least a job, job keeper uh, or job seeker. Yeah, you just, yeah. yeah. No, but but you can do both. Like you, you can. I think because what I'm doing is both. Like I have a, I still have a job. Like I still we have our production company, which is. Um, yes, not everyone can just start a production company and get paid for it, but that just happens to be my the way I get my money. That is mm -hmm. just my job. Um, I love it, luckily, but it's it's there. But then I also make sure I give myself time to do the other thing that kind of um, that I just want to do. Do you think and that's harder like to be able to like? Because I feel like because there is so many, it's not like you're packing shelves at Woolies. Do you think that it actually can be a trap that when you do the work like the production company, there's so many similarities to the pure art that you can fall into actually not executing on the things that you want to do? For sure, for sure. But I, I think if you really if you really want to be creative and make mm -hmm. stuff, you have to make time for it. And there is time. Everyone's got time to mm. do it because it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a small thing. Um, so the, 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 I totally understand the, the, that it's difficult for people to self-motivate. I always have trouble self-motivating and that was sort of the reason behind doing the website because I knew that if I didn't do it, then people would be disappointed or I'd be disappointed in myself. Mm. So, so I, I definitely think that the key for me at least is to have both. If I didn't have a job and I was just doing the website, I would I would find that difficult. But if I and vice versa, if why I was do you just think that is? Job and, well, because I'd be stressed about money, mm -hmm. and then if I'm stressed about money, then the anxiety goes up, and then when your anxiety's up, it's sort of harder to be kind of creative mm -hmm. and and to actually, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. I think you have to have that you have to have that balance, and there is a way to do both. Um, but you just have to, you just got to sort of really just think about how you can do both because there's, there's just got to be a balance in the same way that you've also got to have a balance of, you got to be working, you got to get, you got to get money. That's just the way, way it is. But then you've also got to do your passion, but then you've also got to spend time with family and friends. Like you've got, you've got to have all those things. If you don't have one of them, you're going to feel a bit off. Well, I, I do. Yeah. It feels like uh, GB, you've spoken a bit about the prioritization mm. lately and how you prioritize. Yeah, like how how are you managing your time then? For example, with the at home alone together, four weeks or whatever it was. How are you? Eight weeks. Sorry, eight, <laughs> <laughs> eight weeks. Jeez, I went I went quick. Um, <laughs> how did you manage your time with the with the eleventh and that sort of thing? 
I, I just I just stayed up really late every night. Like it was, I just um, I was in. So I've been working in this studio, like in well, it's a studio. It's a shed. So just working <laughs> in the shed, and, it, and and I've just got like this tiny little like heater, which I put like thirty centimeters from my body because it's so cold. And I just had to work really late. I just had to work, and I know that if I if I didn't have the website. I absolutely would just would have just done the ABC show and that would have been fine. Mm. Like that would have been great. But because I had this deadline every month this, that I had to do stuff, then you just have to, mm. I set mm. my, I set myself a, a system, which said, which meant that I had to do the work and sound when I say the work, it makes it sound like it was a chore. I love doing it, but it you, you sometimes you do have to make a bit of a sacrifice and mm-hmm. it's not always but you might a week here and there you have to do long nights and and work really hard but i feel like if you really if you if you believe in what you're doing then the the rewards are there i mm. think and and the one thing for certain is that there will be a level of uncomfortability and so the the hard bit about the fame or someone looking to somebody who is doing something that they want to be at and they're looking potentially at the reward that someone's getting based on the effort they're putting in you know if you wanted to be a movie star or an actor and you're looking to tom cruise that guy would work his fucking ass off like that he's doing he's looking at learning how to fly a helicopter as well as learning his lines as well as all this other stuff Uh, you know it's Mm. it's i think that is the one bit that is overlooked uh, at and that is knowing that it will be uncomfortable, whatever it is. Mm. The good life that you want will be an uncomfortable journey to to get there, and you might not even get there. Yeah, it will just be an uncomfortable journey. Yeah, and 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 I think the the idea of the good life has been taken over by fame and money, and 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 people, most people believe that the the only way to a good life is with you know you need to be successful or rich or something like that, but. I just, I just, I'm, I'm just so confident that that's not the case. Of what course, is the good life? Things, do you think? It's, I think it's different for everyone. I think it depends. I think it's just about figuring out what is, what makes you happy. You know, whether it be, um, if it's if you have kids, if it's like spending time with your kids, then that's that can be the good life. Like you, you can have a good life and mm-hmm. not heaps of money if you've got a good family. In the same way that if you love traveling, not these days, but if you love traveling, um, you and you can manage, you've got enough money to do that. That can be the good life as well. It's so subjective that people catch themselves like so many. That's why I think so many people have so much trouble finding a career, um, or because because often there's there's bound to be someone in your life that's saying. Um, what, what are you going to do for your career? What, what are you going to do at uni? What's your, what's your thing? And we're just constantly told these things, which are true for some people, but not true for everyone. And we, everyone just gets sort of painted with the same brush that you've got to, you've got to make money or, you know, depending on where you've grown up or what your influences are, you've got to be famous or you've got to um, have a big house or you've got to I don't know, have a second house, whatever it might be. It's, it's just, it, none of it is true, but then also none of it is false. It just depends on what your thing is. And I think you just got to be truthful to yourself and listen to yourself and try and block out what other people are telling you is, is the good life.
how do you um Bam. how do you turn it into that was great <laughs> <laughs> what a monologue a snippet for sure <laughs> it's definitely a snippet yeah i mean how do you um <laughs> how do you turn it into a, a paintbrush that you can help people use so talking about everyone sort of painted with the same brush that we've got a system that is driven as you said about money and fame um what what have you found to be true that's not, um, you know, necessarily prescriptive, but could be a tool to get closer to what you think you should be doing. Um, well, one thing that's been really helpful for me is like speaking to a psychologist. Um, speaking, speaking to someone is, I just think it's just been one of the greatest things I've done. And most people think that you should only do it if you're unwell but it's just not whether it's a psychologist or any sort of therapist like even like a, some sort of career coach or or whatever so, someone to talk to who can who can help you get to the bottom of who you actually are not the person that you think you should be necessarily so for me it's been that and it's been like reading a bunch of books and just sort of having a um a midlife crisis um but uh <laughs> But, it almost should you know, be um, so, a completely different phrase though, shouldn't it? It's like a midlife awakening for you. Yeah, it is. And it's pretty common, I think, around my age. I'm 38 and I think it's a pretty common time to sort of start, you know, questioning everything. Um, but yeah, and, and I, you know, 10 years ago, if someone had said to me, go see a psychologist, I would have said, there's no way I need to. What a waste mm -hmm. of money and time. Um and now I can sort of smugly say that it's a great thing. Um, but I, I, I understand that people would think they don't need to go. And maybe that maybe they don't. But after having seen someone for maybe a year, I think a year and a half or something, I kind of feel now that everyone would benefit it, benefit from speaking to someone if, if they can. It's, it's just the greatest thing um, to try and figure out what you should actually be spending your days doing. Um, because it's other because if you don't really know or if you don't have a good sense of that um, which is it's really it is hard to find that to find what that is but otherwise you just get sucked into the vortex of you know you convince yourself that you should be doing this because that person is doing it or you should be doing this because that person got mm. a lot of money for doing that so yeah i mean i, I think that's why I'm, I'm just so excited about what you guys are doing as well because it just feels so authentic and real and and you know you're doing it because you just you can't not do it is what mm. is the perception that's what i feel like it's what it looks like at least uh and that's oh we're sad. no but if you could be if you can be so uh if you could be happy in what you deem as unsuccessful then you'll be very happy when you are in a place of somewhere you think is success, right? Yeah. And so, and that's not to say that you need to look at your situation and go, this is all fucked, but I can still be happy. It's like, it, I think it just shifts the the view on being unsuccessful away from that to something that it's like gives it less mm. meaning, gives it less care. And you can, you know, it's me that, that is meditation. That is, that's the practice of now, the practice of, mm. you know, being more yeah. in control of that monkey mind. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's meditation for some people, but like, I, I can't do meditation. Like I've tried it so many times and I wish I could, but I just, I just can't do it. And I probably haven't given it a bit, a good enough go, but I guess everyone's, um, 
you know, for even even sort of broadening it to like mindfulness, mm. um, it can be so many things for people. It can be playing sport. You know, it you just if you have that thing that puts you in the. I only realized that actually a little a few months ago. I I remember when I used to play like like team sports. I used to just have such a good time and afterwards I used to just feel great and I only realized recently it was because when you're playing team sport, you're completely present. You're just so in the now. It's really hard to think about other things in your life when you're having to be so alert and aware and it's and it's probably the same as like doing a radio show mm-hmm. or doing a podcast. You're, you can't help but be fully present and for, for a lot of people, like that would be a, a meditation of sorts. Like that's a... that's. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I used to do, you know, radio on Nova, there was a lot about the the overall job that I didn't, that, that wasn't really for me, but the time on air, like that two hours on air was just, just electric because it's just so much going on and you're, you, you're, you're present. You're not really thinking about your worries or thinking about the bills or thinking about the car that you have to get fixed. You, you know, you, you can just be right in the moment. And that is a, almost a form of meditation, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about the phrase, uh, you aren't your work or you aren't your job? What do you think about that? Wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, I think, <laughs> I, think I, I, I guess that's 100% true. But it depends on what you, what you deem as your work or your job. Like some people would, would say that, would, would happily say that they are mm-hmm. their work, but... Um, because you take a lot of pride from your work, but I guess there is, there's, I guess there's a little bit of a difference, isn't there? Like there's a, there's a way that you've been able to somehow, I'm just trying to identify how you've been able to reconcile the bit, which is like, I'm, uh, a level of, you need detachment to be able to ship something because most people, everything stuck to them. And so them putting something out is connected to them. So what is that? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely, I've only read like bits and pieces about this sort of stuff. So I, I, I careful not to sound like an expert, but it's probably too late. I sound, <laughs> you are an expert. In this stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but I think with, with that, it's sort of like when you attach your, the thing that you do to yourself and that becomes your identity, then you expose yourself to being, uh, so for example, if you make a podcast and you put the first episode out and you've, and that's like, this is me, like, you know, this is the thing I need people to like this. Um, cause if they don't, and, and if they do, then you feel great. So if you attach yourself to these things and this is like ego. So if you, if you attach yourself to the thing that you do, then you, the, the good is just as bad as the bad. Because if you buy into the good, so if you, mm. so for example, I put out loophole and if the response is, is really good and I've sort of attached myself to that, which is really hard not to do. But if you attach yourself to that, then I'm just like, yes, I'm brilliant. You know, I'm so smart and funny mm. and people love me. 
if if I buy into that, that's going to be then... a Twitter quote just out of context. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll make sure you put this one in as well. If if, um, if if people fucking hate it and like watch yeah. it and go like you indulgent piece of shit, who the fuck do you think you are making us spend thirty five minutes watching your fucking love project? Um, then I'll also believe that and just think like people hate me. Mm-hmm. People think I'm shit. I'm past my prime. I was good in the olden days, but now I've lost it. Like that's they're the they're the thoughts that I would that I would definitely have. But if you <laughs> that, that's what we're gonna put. I, I was good in the olden days, but I've lost it. <laughs> Another tweet. Yeah. And so then, do you just have yeah. to do? So where does feedback all sit then? Where, where does feedback all sit? All those quotes. Are, all those quotes are true, depending on the day. By the way. <laughs> Um, uh, sorry, Josh, I talked over yeah, you. So, yeah, where does the feedback like sit a... then? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, if I'm doing what I wanted, it, how I would like it to be is, um, is just if people are enjoying it, great. And if they're not, fine. Like, mm-hmm. let's not take it personally. Yeah. I think I think the term in like in in like psychology is is I think it's called well my psych calls it absorption when you absorb something and you and you ta- you personalize it pretty much. So if somebody doesn't like the thing that you did, you you take it as they don't like you, which is just not true. But we believe that is the case because we attach ourselves to the things that we do, and we believe that the things that we do are our identity, which they're not, apparently. So in an ideal world, <laughs> in an ideal world, I I can enjoy the um, enjoy the good comment, the good feedback, um, and know that oh good, well people had a good time while they were watching it, but the bad feedback is like that's fine too, like that's okay mm-hmm. for people not to like something I did. It it's and and the the goal is to not take it personally and not to not to then think that people don't think I'm funny or don't think I'm worth or worthy of making stuff because then you just go, you get into a bit of a spiral and you can't keep making. And that's, that's mm. a tragedy because then you can't do the thing that you love. Makes a lot of sense. Thanks, um, very quickly on the editing, I want to ask you about editing because when you do something that has a bunch of uh, improv in it, uh, editing can change things a bunch What's your deal when it comes to editing? Are you involved? Do you have great editors that you work with? Well, uh, this year I've kind of done a lot of the editing myself. Like I've for the website, I'm I'm reluctant to ask people to do too many favors um, for me. So I sort mm-hmm. of just figured out. I already kind of basically knew. Well, I I sort of learned how to basically edit on Final Cut Seven um, when we first started out, and then. Uh, so, and I never actually edited, but I'd always sit with Tim, um, who I work with, and I just always watch people edit. So I kind of figured out the basics, and then and then I tried Premiere this year and realized that it's like basically the same as Final Cut Seven. So <laughs> I kind of intuitively knew how to do it. So I just you know did a lot of YouTubing and figured out things when I got stuck. But for Loophole, most of the editing was done by Ben Timoney, who who directed it and shot mm-hmm. it. Um, I did little things, but he he did the the, the bulk of it. Um, mm-hmm. But with the impro stuff, it was that was tricky, and also we didn't have a proper sound person there. Like there was no one recording sound. We just had. It sounded and, great. Mm, that was one thing that I p- picked up on was how good it sounded. Well, that is because the sound um, mixer um, 
did an amazing job. <laughs> Same, pretty much. Yeah. Because there's, yeah, there's obviously a lot of screaming and a lot of yelling and there was no one monitoring the levels at mm, all. So mm -hmm. the, the raw um, audio was a mess. Like it was horrible. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. A, a magician right there. Yeah, yeah. If that was the case, it sounds amazing. Uh, well worth, uh, it's an ISO uh, treat, 35 uh -huh. minutes. It's not long enough after you watch it. Mm -hmm. I could have watched another 35. Yeah. No longer than that, <laughs> though. No, no longer <laughs> than that. No, no. I've, I feel like 35, people say, like, don't make your videos longer than 35 minutes. I feel like that's... <laughs> um, uh, so, yes. Yeah, uh, but no, it is. it really is... Um, I, I'm just so I'm excited that people can see it now because um, it's just it, it sort of represents this great week in my life where I feel like it sort of represents the a moment in my life where things shifted quite significantly. So just yeah. from that point of view, like you know, people some people will not, but just as a time capsule, it feels really nice to have it out there, even for the five of us who made it. Um, it's sort of a really cool time capsule of this week that we had together. And, and from that point of view, it's, it feels really exciting. Well, if you're watching it, uh, if you go and watch it, take a photo of you watching it and mm -hmm. or screen grab it and tag Ryan on Instagram. Oh, so he knows that, that people listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be all, that's a great idea. D does, your you. does your psych watch your, your videos? <laughs> yeah, she did actually. She, she watched, um, yeah, the first couple of well, the first couple of videos I did on on Ryan .com was uh, they were very um, probably the most self reflective stuff I've ever done, mm -hmm. and so I sent her those ones and <laughs> I sent it to her, and she her reply in capital letters was just interesting invoice <laughs> invoice zero zero six yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting no, I, I, okay. I but she's she's I think because she's not sort of based on what I was saying before, because she's not one for heavy praise or heavy criticism, she didn't really say that was brilliant, but that's probably because she's a psychologist. So oh, great. Saying, <laughs> but yeah, you didn't absorb great. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> looking after me. Awesome. Uh, it's Ryan with 11 Ys. 11 Ys. Which yep. is based on... So there's on... loophole. Oh, sorry. You're doing... sorry Josh. You, no, 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 you go. So the idea behind the 11 Ys... Yeah, well, the, uh, it's just because there's 11, it's on something released on the 11th of every month and there'll be 11 things in the year that I that I put out because I missed January. <laughs> there's not long to go. Yeah, there's, there's, only, there's only five left, yeah. Thank you, Ryan Shelton, for coming on the podcast. I always feel uh, inspired and mm. fired up. So that, no, was, that was awesome. I love, like I said, I love coming on this and... And just so we all remember, and now on the record, I am the 1,000th show. So when you come to uh, 1, yeah, 1, yes, right. definitely. episode 1,000, I've booked, I'm booked in that, yeah? Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We should do we'll, a round of fire with skivvies on. <laughs> well, that's not, that's actually not oh, that far. Yeah, well, hang on, a thousands. Yeah, it's going to come. Yeah, definitely. I could get skivvy ready. Yeah, I mean, uh, George has skivvies now. Yeah, I got a turtleneck. I bloody love it. It's great. Oh, how good <laughs> it's is that? It's so good. I'm going to get more, actually. Got it from Uniqlo, and I'm going to get... Two or three same. Months. Yeah, nice, mine's from it? Uniqlo. Must be the yeah. same one. <laughs> did, you know that? did you know that, George? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> and so, I was and wondering also, where my skivvy went. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Rai, would you also do us a favour, um, GB? You can do the ask about coming on the podcast. Hump day. Oh uh, yeah. Do you want to come <laughs> on my pod? <laughs> do you want to come on my podcast, Hump Day Replay, at some stage? I would bloody love to. 
Oh, what an honor. <laughs> That'd be amazing. No, what honestly, will, like... What I will we do? Because you uh, do we a just recap, t- don't you? Yeah, so I was doing a recap video each week, Hump Day Replay. Love them. So good. Oh, that's, thank you so much. But um, I missed one, and it was like... I felt so bad about it. It was the worst feeling. You um, missed one of the weeks. <laughs> I missed one of the weeks. So then yeah, okay. we turned it into a, a podcast. So the week after, we started a podcast called Hump Day Replay. On the first episode, Jack Post was my co-host, which was great. Awesome. Um, and it's just like flexing a new muscle. Not flexing. No, working yeah, a no, new it's, muscle. It's flexing. It's flexing. It's flexing. It's flexing. It's flexing. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm learning. So, But I've resonated right. with everything you've said in this, in this podcast, and I'm feeling oh, super great. inspired too. Well, at least one of us has. Um, <laughs> 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 Tommy's, Tommy's not feeling it. No, no mate. I fucking love... I love... I feel like you're a new Ryan. Like you've said, you had the awakening. Like I, one hundred percent. I've known you for quite a few years. Not on the sort of relationship we've got now. It's you know we're best mates, aren't we? Right? No, <laughs> he but just like wants I, to stay at the farm. The content you even put out, like from afar, and even knowing you, I think you're a new Ryan. I yeah. I love it. I love you're so open and and honest, and um, which is motivating on the other side of that. Which without you trying to say, hey, here's me motivating you. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. Mm. Oh, thanks, Tommy. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. It's a daily talk show. See you tomorrow, guys. Have a good one. See you guys.